Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. So, Joy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> how did you get into inspiring so many people around the world? Like, how was that journey? for making those transformations? <laughs> I guess it started with someone who never thought she was important enough to ever make an impact like that. But I was also that little girl who, I guess I was super dreamy. I was called Joy because my parents were told they couldn't have kids. So here I am, the miracle. And I was this really happy little girl, totally into fairies and hanging out in nature. And if people ask me, what do you want to be <laughs> as a five-year-old? I said, I want to be a lady of leisure. And my whole idea was that I just wanted to live life and do good. That's what I wanted to do. And I had role models like Princess Diana and Mother Teresa. And I had big dreams, but I had no idea how I would ever do that. I even remember as a growing up as a younger girl and thinking, oh, maybe the idea is I just need to marry some prince and then I can do it. But that didn't work out so well. And actually through kissing a few princes and I was married for 17 years, had to have two amazing boys from that marriage. When that marriage ended, I was dumbstruck. I felt like the rug had been pulled out underneath my feet because I finally had to put on my big girl panties and really figure it out without the support of such a network and and that got me to really going into what is it that I can do that only I can do or what's my gift what's my talent and I felt I was really good at a lot of things and you know but I still was missing that thing and then I sort of retraced my steps and started putting all the dots together because I was also always fascinated in the unknown, in, in miracles, things that were not easily explained. That's always been my thing. So I invested a bunch in workshops and all the courses on this planet I could get my fingers on, I would do. And then I figured out, oh, actually, they're saying the same thing the whole time. Mm. It's within us. And it's about listening to your heart. It's about all these good things. And then I discovered that actually I had some kind of spidey sense in me. There was something in me that always knew, just knew. There was no guessing. It just knew. And then I noticed that every time I followed that knowing rather than being able to understand it, but it was more of a, yeah, I'd say you now I'd say it's a gut feeling. It, when I did that, things worked out in miraculous ways. These miracles that I was always chasing started to suddenly happen. And the more I trusted that gut feeling that now that I know it's called intuition, that highest wisdom, the better life became and the more easeful and the more joyful because I really struggled with depression for many years in my life. So I had to figure out how to be that joy if I was called it. That's a fantastic. That title started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are you really excited about these days to work on with transformation of, uh, of people? Well, I'd say it's the who's that have shifted slightly. I've been working with primarily adults for over 20 years in personal transformation, in, in healing work, in mystical stuff and all, all the things I've been doing in hypnosis. And I got a bit frustrated. Some people 
who seemed so unwilling to change anything. They were so comfortable in being stuck, actually kind of hooked into this drama of being stuck. And it didn't seem to matter how much love and attention and, and stuff you, you pour in there. They just didn't want to shift. Mm. So that made me think, oh, well, maybe I need to be more diligent in choosing who I want to work with. So that started me being really, really careful in who I would take on board as personal clients, right? Because I had a score or still do Mark, of 100% success. So I figured I've, to be able to keep that, I've got to more diligent in choosing the people well and choosing those who are really willing to make change. And that was beautiful work and still is. And yet that thing of I'm missing something came up, especially when COVID hit. Actually, a year before COVID started, I remember flying home, teaching some beautiful workshop with hundreds of people there, all adults. And I was reading the head sort of, what's it called, the title page of the New York Times, which I don't usually read. But I was in the airplane reading this newspaper in my cush first class seat and relaxing from my workshop. And I was reading this all about the refugee camps in the borders of, of America, Mexico and stuff. And the, it was so horrible to read this report about children trying to kill themselves, that they were being strapped into their beds because they were trying to commit suicide and the conditions of these camps and all that. And I was reading that and I remember getting goosebumps all over my body and everything in me was like, oh, no, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Who am I to change this? I mean, what am I going to do? Travel there and be one of the women, you know, shouting at the barricades, which is great that there's some people standing up for that, right? My hat off to them. But is that going to be the best use of my energy? And I thought, no. So what is it that I could give these children who are in dismal conditions right now, who don't know, you know, where to go and, and don't want to live anymore? How could I help them? And I thought, well, if I was in that situation and I feel I have been in a situation where it felt like the dumps of my life and it was all dark and I didn't know any further, what helped me? And I said, okay, could I put those steps, those things together, and could I teach that to children in a really, really quick way so that they would have tools to be able to help themselves next time they're in those challenges? Because let's face it, we unfortunately, and I'm a, a mom of three kids of my own and five-step kids. I love kids, right? But unfortunately, as hard as we try, we cannot prevent our children from going through challenges, and we shouldn't. Because as we know, right, that's when we learn. But when we're going through challenges, it really depends on do I have the tools to be able to help myself? Do I have something that I can tap into to be able to calm myself, to connect to my wisdom again? So, yeah, teaching children has really been and is a, a huge joy to me because they get it so quickly. And my mission now is to train thousands and millions of joyful kids ambassadors so that we can all swarm out like bees and help mm. kids because you can help a kid in three minutes, three minutes. That's all it needs. Just your attention and your, you know, desire to help. And what are some and of those, tools. what are some of those tips to actually help the kids? Well, number one is noticing and realizing that emotions really are just energy in motion in the body. Nobody is doing those to you, you're creating them. They come from within you and, and we all have them. And, and they're beautiful because we need emotions as that kind of fire to get us to do anything. 
but the problem is if we get addicted to emotions like anger and sadness because maybe that's what we've just had most of our lives and we will keep creating that those situations those moments that reality where we are sad and angry and and sadness and anger if you look at it from a vibrational point of view you're just measuring frequencies right uh, are really low on on the energetic scale and anger actually feels a tad better than sadness so that's why some people don't go into sadness they'll hover in anger because it just feels more pleasant than confronting the sadness and then being able to go up to acceptance and gratitude and all that so teaching children how to accept those emotions and to know that I can change the way I feel any given moment I just need something to step out of it and that something can be as simple as doing a karate chop right tapping your hands taking a nice deep breath and then saying I love and accept myself, even if I feel stressed. And I love and accept myself when I now choose to feel good. I, I teach children how to talk to themselves rather than saying, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, say good things about yourself. So you're building those beliefs that you need to be able to go through any challenge and know that you can be a, a hero at the end of your journey and you're not. A that makes sense. That's part of it as well. And yeah, and and tune off. Thank you. What one more thing I'd like to add, so it's complete. So apart from dealing with stress and emotions and all that, I, I also teach children how to be conscious creators of their lives. Sounds real big, right? But all it actually means is knowing I have a choice, and then to learn how to use that amazing brain in all its capacities to, for instance, create a vision of what is it that I want in the future? Because you see that vision of the future is going to drive your life. And if that vision of the future is a mirror of all that pain in the past and all the struggles you've gone through, you're going to keep repeating that rather than staying focused on, on the goal that you really want. And I think that's really important to teach children the goal setting, how to visualize, how, how to choose, and really important, how to connect to their hearts, how to be um, empathetic, how to teach compassion, because that's not God-given in a sense. We, If we don't learn empathy as kids, uh, we'll have a real hard time feeling empathy for ourselves or others later on too. And I think that's one of the big problems that are going that's going on in this world right now. We've lost empathy. We're not teaching it to children anymore. And then we're sometimes surprised that we're training a, a, a legion of narcissists because we're just empowering and, and empowering without the connection to the heart is not such a good thing. <laughs> so how do we, and I fully agree, how do we connect more to the heart and teach both empathy for other people, empathy for yourself and actually feeling your body and not just being stuck up in, uh, in the rational mind? In the head, right? Yeah. Tony Robbins always says, if you're stuck in your head, you're dead. <laughs> well, there are many different practices, everyday practices we can do. One really simple one is five count breath. So to start get into a quiet place and start focusing on your breath and count from one to five as you breathe in and from one to five as you breathe out slowing down the breath and this five count breath has been shown to connect brain and heart so we create a a state of coherence it's called inside of us and joe dispenser dr joe spencer has done great research on what that does to the whole body the whole system when we are in coherence then suddenly the energy starts flowing in our body better and we're actually then only using all of our brain 
because when we're in a stressed out state, when we're in a highly emotionally charged negative state, for instance, our, our limbic system is, is so on fire that the wisest part of our brain, so the neocortex where our intuition is and, and the, the smart part is switched off. And think mm. about it, when we're really angry, we, we unfortunately don't think anymore. <laughs> we're just in that rage of, of emotion. Yeah. So the five-step breath is like breathing in for five seconds. Do you then breathe out um, straight away or do you hold it like the box breathing where you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, you hold for four seconds? I love that you that breath and it's a great breath. Basically, honestly, any conscious breath technique is going to help you calm down and, you know, calm that brain down. Five count breath seems to create this coherence. So, yes, you count from one to five as you breathe in and from one to five as you breathe out. Then you add a little beautiful part, and that is you remember or imagine a moment where you felt really loved really cared for, where you felt safe, or think of a beautiful bunch of flowers, someone else you love. You see, that helps us connect to, to our hearts. And that makes uh, the vortex of so that energy field around our heart really start expanding. And just remember the, the vortex of our brain. So the energy field of our brain is way smaller than that of our hearts. So when we are in a room physically sitting with other people, that our heart radius is about eight meters around us. So we're all sitting in each other's heart spaces when we're close together. And that's the reason why when we're, for instance, very sensitive people will pick up on the emotions and, and the feelings of others because we're literally in their space. So by using five count breath and thinking of some beautiful image, um, a moment in your life that you felt really beautiful and loved, creates a stronger vortex around your heart, which means that your brain and heart are one. And that's when the magic starts happening, because this is where you can look it all up at Joe Dispenser's. When we are able to connect to 5D, so to the energy field around us, we're no longer focused on 3D, our body, matter, everything is heavy particles, right? But we're in wavelengths. Then something happens in our brain that creates gamma frequencies. And these gamma frequencies are really interesting. They seem to be a sort of magical frequency that in the past was only found in uh, Buddhist monks who practiced the prayer of compassion. So this is another tip you could write down. The prayer of compassion, you could connect with your five count breath. And it's very simple. All you say is, may all beings feel safe. May all beings feel healthy. May all beings feel happy and may all beings live life with ease. And then you keep repeating that like a mantra. It's beautiful to do because it'll keep your brain focused. You'll have to, if you're breathing and you're focusing on a mantra, that's all your conscious mind can do. It kind of maxes it out. <laughs> so it's a great way how to get into that unconscious mind and that coherent brain state as well, where left and right brain hemisphere, a sink. We're using our entire brain and the power of our heart at the same time. So those would be my best tips to get into that state. So five count breath and the prayer of compassion. And the prayer of compassion is also worth the loving kindness meditation, which has some That's of right. the, the most research being the most effective meditation. I'm not sure how they did it and how many forms of meditation that they actually managed to compare it against. 
but it's definitely one of the things that we have been able with Western science to find. I'm curious about the, the eight meters. How do we know that the heart field is eight meters? Like, how do we get to that? Because I definitely feel energy when I'm around people. Mm. Um, and I think it's one of the things that we had a hard time with Western science to say, like, uh, how do you feel that energy? But most people what? intuitively actually feel it. And you can also feel it over a screen. Uh, not the same way, but when I've had podcasts with different people, there are just certain people where you like, there's just a very different energy where there's just something where that kind of my nervous system calms down in a different way. And I'm just more in my heart as well. Mm, yeah. Nice. The feeling is one bit, right? Because we have, if we look at the ways that we can perceive energy and, and data, we have the kinesthetic channel, which is feeling, but we also have the visual channel, which is seeing. Then we have the auditory channel, which is hearing. And then we have the auditory digital channel, which is the conversation in our head. So these are the ways, and then of course we have taste and smell, but they're not as strong as these first four. And when we know the different ways that we can process information and we know our preferred way, so I'm guessing yours might be kinesthetic, you have a strong kinesthetic channel, then that is the channel that we will notice messages from our intuition first. So feeling is a great thing. Western science, thank goodness, is caught up. So there's great research by the HeartMath Institute proving all this coherent stuff, this energy field. They can measure it now. You can measure how strong an energy field is. So that's what we were starting out with in our pre-conversation, wasn't it? Saying that, isn't it so good that right now science is also catching up and is proving so much of these old ancient theories that have been around for thousands of years about meditation is good for you. <laughs> Your heart is, should be the leader and all that. So it's it's an exciting moment in history. It, it really is. And I often in my discussions when I have with people like I love ancestral wisdom and I find it uh, strange that we, um, so many people in the West are still so arrogant to think that we know everything. Like it's what is it 15 years ago that we think the brain wouldn't change after you became an adult. There was a scientific fact like the brain was not um, was not changeable after you became an adult. Now we know, and now we've been able to prove meditation, which people thought was crazy, right? And like hypnotherapy, I think is going to be one of the next huge things where there's only just a few, or that there's not only a few studies, but more studies are coming out that seems to be extremely powerful that people are still Absolutely. kind of laughing off, but like it has an effect. Well, I, I really, I love that you're saying this because for decades i i've really struggled with the thing because i am a hypnotherapist i do all this crazy stuff right and for decades i remember being said oh you're so woo woo you're so woozy woozy right it's all just belief or whatever and i said well yeah bruce lipton the power of belief yes it is and science as you say has been proving it again and again but here's the thing Science is proving a bunch of stuff the whole time, but we're not hearing about it. And that's a different conversation because of the filters and the censorship that's going on that certain um, topics are not being promoted. And I have my own theories on that. And if you ask me on hypnotherapy, I'll give you my very clear theory on that. It's because we are not meant to know by the ones that don't want us to know the power of hypnosis, because that would uncover what they have been doing for decades, <laughs> we're all being programmed the entire time, whether you like it or not. Mm. And what I'm saying is you're not going to change that, but at least be conscious with what am I programming myself 
you think about how much information is bombarding us every single day, every single moment, usually unnoticed. Think of all the music, the lyrics you're listening and you're singing to sometimes, then not even, not just media, then the, the scrolling through all these feeds where your brain is receiving that information. Scientists are now saying, I think the latest study was we receive 34 gigabytes of information every day. Wow. It's no, no surprise at all that most feel totally frazzled because they're on their screens the whole day, constantly taking in this information whole educational system is built on that and we're not being taught how to step out of that how to tune in how to find our calm again so when we discover the power of hypnosis every single one of us and start being more conscious with what am i feeding my brain with what do i actually want in there what is helpful to me and not helpful to someone else who wants to get me to buy something do something and be something for them so i'm useful to them so think about it and that's why I think hypnosis has been proven I don't know, zoo times. I just think of Sheila Granger. She's a wonderful UK hypnotist who did a study in the, at the university and actually with the British medical system. And it was all about helping obese people who would actually be signed up for a virtual ga a gastric band operation. So where they do a bypass, right? Mm. Shrink the stomach and stuff and put a little band up top, make the stomach real small which is a big operation. And that was in the past and still is, for some people, the only way to, to break that habit. Of but as we know, an operation comes with side effects and it's expensive. So Sheila Granger said, well, let's do this with hypnosis and do studies. So they had one group who did the normal operations and then they had the other group who just had a virtual gastric band operation. And I actually wrote a book about this and created a program for this called Sleep Your Fat Away. And there she proved that not only was hypnosis as, if not, if, if not even more powerful and successful than the real operation, but you have it without the side effects, without the costs. So hypnosis is a really powerful tool to use to retrain your brain, to get rid of that programming that's now holding you back from really being who you could be. And there's a, it's beliefs. It's things like, I don't know, as a two-year-old, your dad maybe said in a moment of anger, oh, you God, you're too stupid to do anything on this planet. Bam, in it goes. Mm -hmm. And then that's driving you because the first seven years are the programming years of our lives. And then if we don't address that, and usually we don't, right? We'll only start addressing that kind of stuff later on in life when we hit some roadblock. We have a lot of work to do. And that's, let's circle back to kids. That's why I think it's so important to start teaching kids that when they're young. Fully mm. agree. But I think it is, it really surprises me how little people think about what they're feeding their mind with. Like we do know now that like what you feed food wise matters to your body. But I think it's extremely logical, like what you put into your mind all the time, of course, it's going to have an effect. And if you go follow the wrong people on Instagram and you see stuff where you're not good enough and they're even looking at their own pictures, wishing they look like that, it will feed your mind with that. If you feed your mind with negative stuff, like I don't follow the news normally. I had to follow them because I got um, in Denmark, there was lockdown and um, I normally get up in the morning with my phone on flight mode. And then the first thing I go, I'm lucky I live close to the water. I go down to the grass and I meditate. And uh, they had changed the rules at nine o'clock in the evening and put it out in the, in the news that uh, it was now illegal to sit down there. So I got a $400 fine for sitting and meditating. Oh, wow. Um, but then again, like, 
I like I was programming my mind to be in something more positive, right? So after that, I started reading more news again because I was like, okay, in these times, I don't want to get these fines because that's kind of dumb. Uh, and if I can kind of get it before, even my mom and my sister-in-law had like thought about texting me because they had seen the the rules come up and they knew I would be down there in the morning. See, that intuition was actually guiding them, but they didn't do it. <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't have received it because my phone would have been on flight mode. So always like, again, taking control, like what's the first thing you look at in the morning? Is that like text messages? Is it Instagram? Or is it like time for yourself to feed your brain with something? So I hope it's not the news now just because of that $400 oh. fine. Okay, <laughs> you haven't done that. Very smart. Very smart. I, I always like seeing things like that where you think, what? why $400 for this? Something good, I'm sure, came out of it. Do you know what it is? I kind of just saw it as, as another tax for the system. Because, yeah, with these times, we need more money in the system. So I saw like <laughs> public is another contribution. I like that you think in that contributing way. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and starting your day in silence, I write about that in my book. If you can just commit 10 minutes before you let the world take over, that it's that it changed my life. So although I've been doing all this wonderful stuff, I was pretty sloppy with my meditational practice until I started yoga school and we had to do a diary, right? We had to journal our meditation practice and we had to meditate before yoga school started, which was 7 a.m. So I had to meditate at 5 a.m. And at that time, I did not enjoy that time. Nowadays, I get up at that time, but there you go. And having that practice and having to write it down because I'm a good student, I like keeping to the commitment that I made really helped me get into that habit because you see it's all again programming if you do something for 90 days it's a new habit so whatever you choose to do even if you say okay i'm just going to do 10 minutes every morning of my meditation i'm going to do that 10 days and then 20 days and then bam 90 days it's going to be with you forever so i've started doing that with with my youngest child with grace she's 11 now and we start before she goes to school, we meditate together. And yeah, we do 10 minutes together. That's enough. And the other day I asked her, I said, Grace, what are you noticing ever since you're meditating with me? Because at first she wasn't thrilled with the idea. She's like, really? And she said, 10 minutes straight. And I said, anyway, when I asked her, what changes have you noticed? She said, you know what, mom? I don't get as angry as much. And I thought, there you go. And that was just 10 days in. And now she skips in front of our meditation space. She really looks forward to it. And it's become a habit. And, and that gives me joy because I know that whatever happens in her life, if she's in a dark moment she and she doesn't know what to do or where to go, part of her will remember that and say, oh, maybe I just need to sit and breathe. That's fantastic. I'm curious, Joy, what are your routines? Like, so you've been, on a, what are your routines? Like you've been on a crazy oh. journey and impacted so many people. Like what, like, how does your day look like to make sure that you're the best version of yourself? Okay. Welcome to my world. I wake up usually around 5 a.m. I get up at 5.20. Then I make my tea. I have, I'm drinking pine needle tea right now. I can recommend that to anybody, everybody. It's beautiful. It has more vitamin C than fresh orange juice. The Native American Indians used it in times of scorbut and didn't have any cases. And it protects against things like COVID. So it's a good thing to drink. So I make my tea. Then I get outside. 
I meditate afterwards. I get outside, I grab my dog and I have this mountain hike. So it's, it's 5.35 maybe. So nobody's out. And regardless of the weather, I grab my dog and we walk a mountain. So it's about an hour walk. And then I walk up to a beautiful sacred place here in Salzburg. I always find sacred places, but here it's a stupa. So it's a little temple. And I do my rounds, saying my prayers around the stupa. Then I walk down and I'm into cold dipping right now. I'm a Wim Hof fan. So I get plunged into this icy cold mountain river where I stick it out for two minutes, <laughs> doing my breath work. Then I get home, wake my daughter. We sit meditate. We use frequency medicine while we're meditating. I love that. I what take it that? to school. Frequency medicine, I the Healy and the biocharger. So it's wow. using frequencies to help your body step back into homeostasis. Love that stuff. So we do that. I take it to school. And then I open my phone, check into my world and say, okay, what's going on? What I forgot to tell you is before I get out of bed, my practice is to notice that I'm awake. And I set my intention for the day. And how I do that is, I'll show you how to do that. You simply close your eyes and then you roll your eyes up as if they're looking through, as if you're looking through the crown of your head. Then you keep your eyes rolled up there. Don't do this when you're driving. Keep your eyes rolled up there. And then you say, even if I don't know how to be my best self today, all I do know is that it is so now and I am fulfilled. I delete all that could stop me and I download download everything I need to do so now with grace, ease and joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it is, so it shall be or something even better. Then I take one more breath and then I say yes. Yes. If you set your intention like that by rolling your eyes up, your brain goes into theta. So it goes into a very relaxed brainwave zone. This theta is a zone that you usually only get into when you meditate or sleep. So you get into theta and then by saying this command of, even if I don't know how, you're calming the conscious mind has no idea. It doesn't know how. But the unconscious mind and all the other parts, they do. So then you say, it, all I do know is it is so now. And then you're deleting all that you don't want. So it's, it's, it gives you also sometimes children to tell me, I always see my computer and then I delete, 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 and then I download that. So it gives you that visual and you have gratitude in there too. So you're saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you're just giving that final command of saying, so it is, so it shall be, or something even better. And I like adding that because it gives that space for, you know, those miracle doors to open too. I'm going to try that. So yeah, it's, it's up in I, the... Or like up the skull that kind of gets you into the theta um, stage. Yeah, think of it when people faint. Often you'll see them roll their eyes up. It's a way how the brain does a reset. So when you change your physiology and you do the rolling up, um, your brain gets the message. And you'll notice the more often you do it, the quicker your brain goes into theta because it's just trained to do that. I used to suck at relaxing. I couldn't even relax a massage. I'd be that type sort of oh, like this the whole time. I was so tense. <laughs> so for me to become a hypnotist and, and channel and to be able to go into theater like that is for myself a miracle. So if I could do it, anybody can. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm going to be uh, trying that the next week. Uh, I think it's important to actually try something more for a day. 
Ideally, it's, it's important to do it. You know what they say about trying. We yeah. can try to bake a loaf of bread. You can try forever, right? Or you could just do it. <laughs> yeah. And then you try. And, I love and that. You try, then you see the effects of how are you feeling. The product. What time do you go to bed then? If you get up that early? Pretty early. I go off my screens. Well, my daughter and I, we have our, our evening routine is we wa we're watching funny series on Netflix. So we watch two episodes of the series and then we go to bed and I usually read. So that's our reading time. So screens go off and we grab our books and yeah, I love reading and I'll read until my eyes just close. And then my last thought of the day is always to go travel the quantum field and visit my future. So I love visiting times in my future where I'll have some frame that I've created or that comes to me and I'll dive into that so that my brain can really go to sleep with happy thoughts. Yeah. It's really important. So is that around nine o'clock in the evening? So you get those eight hours? Yeah, hour sorry, time-wise. Yeah, around nine. And I'll turn off lights at 10 latest. Yeah. If I go out in the evening, I will always take a little nap in the afternoon because otherwise I go full hilt. And I do a lot of little breaks in between. So I don't sit at my screen or desk for longer than an hour max. And then I'm up. I, I move a lot, keeping... Keeping a movement really helps me stay in a good vibe. And I take little breaks of just 10 minutes, do some pranayama, do some breath work, do a bit of yoga, and then back I go again. I love diversity and changing things around and challenging myself. So here's a tip for your listeners. If you want to create change, you've got to change something. So I find the easiest thing to do is to change something in your life that doesn't require much effort, but requires a conscious decision. So I like doing it like saying, normally we will brush our teeth in a certain way. We'll always start, I don't know, top right, top left, wherever you start, and then you'll have your way of brushing your teeth. Do different. Start on the other side. Train yourself for the next 10 days to start on the other side. Or usually we'll get out of the bed with the exact same foot on the floor. So by changing something around there, you're triggering your brain to say, oh, change. Oh, something's happening. And those are those times that you can consciously start creating that life that you really want. I remember I used to spend 18 hours a day working and until I got so burnt out. I thought, there must be a different way. And I never thought I'd get away with working so little and having so much fun doing it as I do now. And it really is making that time to step out of the buzz. I know it sounds so contradictory to what you think makes sense, but the harder you work, the harder you work. The smarter you work, the, the more fun it is. Mm. And trusting that really that is enough. I think that's a really interesting thing because you often hear people with a lot of success saying like you should work less, you should have more time with family and friends. But I often then try to ask because I, be, I, I like that approach, but like who do you know that got to where you are with that approach? And I've learned about um, a guy that built some kind of software and like Ruby and Wells, like he's been extremely successful, but most people still put in hard work to get to a point and then they change their life. Um, yes. And I think you, we do need to have the experience of working really hard for something because <laughs> then we know what it's worth in that sense. And we need to notice, oh, how could I do that even smarter? And is am I worthy to live this life with ease? That doesn't mean that we're going to be lazy butts and just sit at home all day. I mean, that's not going to be a fulfilling life in any case. When we're happy, we naturally care for others. 
that's why this whole joy thing keeps coming back. When you find your joy, you want to spread that joy. I don't feel happy just sitting at home in my little castle and I don't know, what am I going to do all day? I, <laughs> I thrive on being able to spread that love. Yeah, but I, be, I, I really believe in that, that you have the intention so you don't constantly think about what is it that you want to do, then it's easier to actually follow your passion and then work less because you're also like, where there's a line on where you're going and your intentions so then you don't waste that much time on considering too many different options and if you're working alignment you yeah. said it it's all about alignment it's not about working hard it's about aligning yourself with that vision of the future and those elevated emotions in your body that you have when you think of that future of yay doing what i love and i'm making great living right but um, that, that's gonna do it right it's the the thought that sends a signal and the emotion that draws the experience to you. So stay tuned in that. Keep aligning. That's why we need those breaks. We need to step out of the and step into alignment. So we remind ourselves who we are. Mm. I love it. Joy time <laughs> is running. I would love to talk to you for many hours. Also, I love the Wim Hof and the cold water and so on. So uh, I can see like, yeah, this could go on for many hours a day. But I am also respectful of your time. And our listeners, yes, they might have something else to do again now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they want to listen on, <laughs> but luckily they can find more stuff. Uh, would you? Where is the best place to find you when someone is thinking like? Well, joymatina.com is my yeah. website. I'm very active on Facebook in the Joy Tribe. That's uh, a little internet or oh, little. It's where eleven thousand people now international tribe that has grown completely organically. I don't believe in paying for my people. So we're a great fun tribe. That's a good place. And yeah, read my books and we have a gift. So I'd love to gift all the listeners a meditation that helped me through real dark times. And it's called Connect to Self-Love. And I listened to it for myself as I created it for myself for at least 90 days. I went to sleep with it and it really helped me understand the concept of self-love that I struggled with. I, I said, yeah, I get it, but how? <laughs> so one of the hows is make time for yourself. And I hope you enjoy the meditation, uh, which is for free and you can download it. I'm sure Mads will share the link with us oh. and, and really make yourself that gift and give yourself 10 minutes of me time every day and schedule it and start your day like that. And let me know how it changes everything because it will. And if you'd like to read my book, there's a bunch of resources and tips and tools in there. So it's, it's a real workbook. It's a fun book. Thank you, Joy. I will make Thank sure you. to put it all in the show notes so people can find it. I did your meditation before this interview. You did? Sat down with my red light and just enjoyed listening to yeah, the nice, calm, reassuring voice. So I can definitely recommend it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Joy. It was my pleasure. I hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.